T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Let's uh, open up the line now and talk with Brian Kolb. He is the Republican Assembly Minority Leader. He's the guy in charge of the uh, Republicans who, who do not have uh, the majority or really a lot of power in the state assembly. And he this week announced he's running for governor against Cuomo. Now, there are several other candidates out there that have said this week upcoming they will make their announcements. But Brian is the first one to officially toss his hat into the ring. And so we bring him on the program this morning. Thanks for joining us, sir. My pleasure, Dave. Happy Sunday. Uh, the same to you. Now, I hate to say it. You do know that this is New York State with all the Democrats that it has and a popular incumbent with a $27 million war chest. Uh, do, do you think there is any chance that, A, a Republican, B, an upstater, C, a guy who probably doesn't have the funding that Governor Cuomo does, can you win? I think it's slam dunk. <laughs> tell me why. I knew you'd say that, but tell me why. <laughs> well, of course, I mean, Dave, honestly, all those things that you mentioned are true. They're all obstacles uh, that have to be overcome. But? Certain, it, it, no, it's not even a but. I, okay. However, I, when, you, when you actually talk to people outside the inside politicos and, you know, the average person on the street, they're very disenchanted. And, and the first sentence that I always ask is, New York State government working for you? And overwhelmingly, 99% of the people have said, no, it's not. Well, then, if it's not, then you shouldn't be supporting the status quo, which would be another term uh, for Andrew Cuomo. And certainly when you talk about a variety of different issues that people uh, feel are not being addressed yet, which is reducing their property taxes, uh, when it's really trying to generate economic development that's, that's really creating jobs and not just handing out literally millions, if not billions, of taxpayer dollars. When you look around the state, we have an opioid crisis. Uh, education in our urban areas, that graduation rates are, are failing. Uh, there's any number of things that, uh, when depending on what an individual's priorities are, uh, there clearly are, is a high degree of level of unhappiness and, and uncertainty on certain topics. So, you know, I've been in the legislature, uh, you know, for 17 years but I've still spent more time in the private sector. Uh, I've owned my own business with my partners. I've worked for small, mid-sized, and large uh, companies uh, throughout the throughout the country and internationally as well. So there's a, a real solid public-private sector experience. We've had a whole host of ideas and legislation that have sort of been put in the doldrums by the way the status quo of Albany works. And so really, when you start getting out and talking to people and say, hey, are you happy with things? And most people say, not really. Uh, You know, that doesn't mean that everybody's unhappy, but uh, overwhelmingly, I think that there's enough evidence that people are are really contemplating change. And and money does not buy you votes. Uh, It certainly helps to get your name out there, especially not being an incumbent. But you know, this is what you have to do. You have to travel around the state, which I have been and will continue to, and then see what people are on their minds. And eventually, they may decide, no, we, we want to keep Andrew Cuomo as governor. And if they do, 
it won't be for lack of trying to uh, give them an alternative to think about. All right. Now, you alluded to it just a little bit there, 17 years in the Assembly. I think you're a guy, and, and our signal stretches toward Rochester. People around that area are certainly familiar with you because you are from Canandaigua. But for the basic person in Buffalo, they might be scratching their head and saying, who was Brian Kolb? So give me the 30-second bio if you can. Well, the, the short version is, is that, uh, you know, I'm married. I've got three grown children. Uh, I've been a native New York. I am a native New Yorker, and I've been in New York all my life except for three years when I was running a manufacturing plant down in uh, the state of Florida at, at the age of 25. And really, my I, I don't come from wealth, I don't come from fame, and I don't come from power. I just come from, you know, uh, a family of uh, that worked hard and, uh, you know, had the same uh, struggles as uh, middle-class uh, families have had uh, for my entire life. And so I've just dedicated myself to public service after my private sector career. I've really enjoyed it. And uh, certainly, I think, bring a, a, a wealth of ideas and experiences that I think can, uh, you know, shake up New York a bit, which I think it needs. You say uh, you are the first to uh, say that you're interested in running for governor on the Republican side. There are others that have made noises about it. There are others that have started to tour the state talking about it. Do you envision a Republican primary? To what degree have you interfaced with the uh, Republican brass? And what what have they said to you? What are you saying to them? Well, first and foremost, of all the guys that have at least said that they're going to announce that they're running uh, or not running Harry Wilson, Mark Bonaro, and uh, Senator John DeFrancisco. I know them all personally. They're all good guys. And ultimately, if they decide to jump in the race, then, you know, we have to convince going between now and May to the Republican convention that uh, we should be uh, the choice. And my view is if we go to a convention, uh, it's a fair and square held convention, and uh, we vote, and I'm not the nominee, I am not going to run a primary. Okay. Uh, and and I don't know what the other guys are going to do. I think we're stronger by coming out with a unified candidate in the convention. And, uh, and now that doesn't prevent, Dave, anybody else from saying, well, I'm going to circulate petitions and run a primary anyway, so that could happen. But hopefully any interested candidate is going to go through the convention process and let the state committee men and women decide who our nominee should be. 803 is our number if you'd like to join the conversation. We have some phone lines open. We're talking with Brian Kolb. He's an assemblyman, a Republican from Canandaigua, the assembly minority leader right now, and the first person this week to say that he is in the race to try and take on Andrew Cuomo uh, as a Republican for governor next year. What do you think is the number one issue? Can can we narrow it down to one, or is it more broadly, as you said earlier, just Governor Cuomo's vulnerability, a state going in the wrong direction, as you say, et cetera, et cetera? Well, I think there's a, a lot of different issues, uh, Dave, and, and really because if you look across New York, it's a very complex state, very large state geographically. You know, if you live in the metro New York City area, uh, the counties around New York City, Long Island, you have millions of commuters uh, that have been suffering from subway delays and uh, inefficient operation uh, of uh, mass transportation, which has affected their professional and personal life. So when you're down in the city, probably right now that's their most important issue because New York City's economy is not doing too badly. But you get outside of the greater metropolitan area of New York City, now things uh, change a little bit. And there's there are pockets of activity, you know, and even in, in Buffalo there is pockets of good activity, but I don't, I'm not saying that that's all because of Andrew Cuomo either. And certainly when you get into... Can, can you conversely say, though, that the lack of improvement in the Buffalo economy is because of him? Are you, are you laying that at his feet? 
No, it, in terms of it is his result. The answer would be no. Okay. I think I think in talking to people from the Buffalo area, they have said we were doing a lot of resurgence uh, before the. Uh, Buffalo Billion came along, and there's still huge questions. And the part of that Buffalo Billion was what half a billion dollars for Solar City, uh, which is still in question mark mode as to whether they're going to really create the jobs that, that have been targeted. So, you know, I think more credit needs to go to the greater Buffalo community, the businesses, the people that live there, rather than Andrew Cuomo, get, you know, presenting a taxpayer check uh, uh, to boost the, the Buffalo economy. And, and certainly, you know, again, property taxes, people say, you know, property taxes are still killing us. Uh, corruption that we're going to have to address that's going to fall at the feet of Andrew Cuomo in January when his closest associates go on trial uh, uh, for corruption uh, tied to uh, uh, certain people getting favors uh, using, uh, you know, access to state government. Uh, for certain donors it, and certain preferred people getting work uh, uh, and taxpayer money. All of these things are going to surface and bubble up more so in 2018. And I think this is why there's a whole host of things that we'll be uh, discussing uh, once we really get into to the full campaign mode. So you're one of those, I'm guessing here then, that that, that looks at this as a, a time of opportunity because of that trial. Uh, will the Republicans have a cudgel to beat the governor up with once that trial is underway during campaign time? Well, I th- you know, I think that's just, you know, one example uh, of things that, uh, you know, we're going to be discussing. I mean, it, there's little things of, of examples that you could give. You know, why is it that the governor of our state uh, erects eight, uh, using taxpayer dollars to the tune of over $8 million, uh, illegal highway uh, promotion signs, that violates federal transportation requirements. Now, if the average person in New York State uh, just thumbed their nose at the law, they'd be in big trouble. You know, these are you know that's just a small example. You know, the governor wants to is spending a, over a quarter of a billion dollars on uh, lighting up bridges uh, for that supposedly going to attract uh, tourists. I, I mean, to me, that's a total waste of taxpayer money when you've got. Uh, schools that are underfunded, especially in the rural areas that can't offer the same uh, types of class offerings that, that you have in the wealthy school districts in the state. You know, when libraries are, or public libraries are scrambling and we can't even give them $4 million, uh, certainly these are the types of discussion points that you could continue the list of, of things that, uh, you know, the governor, I think, is just uh, has some of the wrong priorities, but he's also using our taxpayer dollars to promote himself. In every single stop that he says, well, here, I'm going to put out, you know, $5 million for child care. This is all about setting up, getting local press, him going out there and presenting it like this is, you know, through the graciousness of his wisdom he's going to give us taxpayer money and we should be grateful to that. You know, and, and these, all of these things um, have to be answered for when you start evaluating the true uh, term or a couple terms that the governor's been presiding over. The New York state unemployment rate is about 4.8% right now. Uh, that's the lowest it's been in nine years. Can you campaign on the economy with that kind of numbers in the governor's favor? Well, I think statistically, then if you're going to use that statistic, then you also have to use the statistic that we have the second worst uh, business climate in the country. 
you have to also use statistically we have the second or third highest combined state and local tax burden in the country. So you have to look at all statistical analysis about what's really going on or not going on with the economy. Dave, you talk to small businesses, and they'll tell you that, and even other businesses are saying the regulatory environment in New York State is oppressive. It's about taxing or harassing uh, the businesses in terms of submission to uh, auditors and, and requirements that uh, get in the way of them succeeding in their business. These are the stories that are, are peppered throughout the entire state, and that's why it has to be more of a comprehensive look. 60 out of 62 of our counties have lost population. We have out-migration, uh, people actually moving out of the state, so it might be a higher or lower unemployment rate, but then our population has diminished. Uh, so this is why you have to do a cross-grid comparison when we start looking at statistics. And I think statistically speaking, you can make the case that we still have uh, serious problems. As the State Assembly Minority Leader, I'm guessing you will not disagree with, with my premise here. Uh, and if you do, that's okay. I, I just want to put it forth and, and, and let's have some discussion. I know that in the State Assembly, and this happens on the Senate side as well, the minority party is oftentimes in a position to put things forth for the sake of putting them forth. They're in the minority. They know these things are not going to go forward, but it gives them a chance to point to that particular issue and say, look, on this issue, we are out in front. Can we make a parallel there uh, to, to your candidacy um, that, that a Republican from upstate wouldn't necessarily win, but it gives you a great chance to put out these ideas? Well, first and foremost, uh, I, I take uh, I can only speak for the Assembly Republican Conference. I can't speak for the Senate. Okay, uh, but I can tell you the men and women that serve in our conference are very serious about the ideas that they put out and truly, honestly believe that these types of policies should be implemented for the betterment of our state. All right. And what's What's ridiculous is that the the way that Albany operates, that good bills, good ideas get stalled because you're, you've got an R in your political designation versus a D. It's the most ridiculous thing, and you talk to the, uh, the average person on the street, and they say, well, that shouldn't be. Well, I know that's, what, that's not the way it should be, but that's the way that the Albany likes to operate. I have three bills that got state that were passed as statewide ideas so in, um, that were originally my ideas that I had to give up to an Assembly Democrat to get it done, which is fine. Uh, because the important thing is about getting it done. But I could give you three examples just on my end that I've introduced and have become law, but you wouldn't know it because the two majorities, the way they work, is they want to say, well, these were our ideas and, and we were the key sponsors, and, and, and you, can, you can be a co-sponsor to a bill, um, but we do get things done, you just don't know it. All right, but what about the analogy? Uh, are, you, are you or any upstate Republican just here to put forth ideas, or or is there a conceivable path for you? Well, do I think there's a conceivable p path? Absolutely. I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't think so. And I think really one of the things you have to convince people is put the partisan labels aside, you know, whether you're Democrat, Republican, whether you're from Canandaigua, or whether you're from downstate. You know, if you talk to most people in upstate, they think it's a forgotten territory when it comes to Albany. All the legislative leaders and the governor and the statewide officials are all from downstate. Uh, and I think that upstate, which has a population of over 8 million people, just segregating it, you know, 
should have more influence when we're talking about state policy. All right. Well, one last question because we're almost out of time here. We haven't taken a break. Uh, we'll, we'll just end with the commercials and go on to the newscast after that. Uh, the Republicans are the ones that will ultimately, as you say, decide probably in a convention, maybe in a primary. So, so speak to the Republicans here. Tell me, is Brian Kolb a conservative Republican? Is Brian Kolb a more moderate Republican? On a scale of uber-liberal to number one, uber-conservative to number 10, where would you fall? I would say, if you just look at my voting record, which speaks to itself, that I am uh, a, cons- a conservative Republican from the standpoint that I care about how taxpayer dollars are spent. So on that level, I'm a 10. When it comes to social issues, you know, certainly from the standpoint of uh, my voting record, I'm probably a seven or a six, but that's that's all, you know, hypothetical. What it really matters, and what I want Republicans to know, that I'm going to go down, uh, hopefully, to represent them in the entire state, whether you're Republican or Democrat, and being governor. And we shouldn't be uh, saying that uh, because you're Republican or you're conservative, you're an extremist. And those are the types of divisive labels labels that Andrew Cuomo likes to use. But I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to talk to people face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball, to say, what questions do you have? If I don't have the answers, I'll go get them. But what you're going to get from me is a straight answer, which is what we always don't get in Albany. All right, Assemblyman Kolb, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate the, uh, the, the opportunity this morning. That's Assemblyman Brian Kolb, the Assembly Minority Leader, the first Republican to toss his hat in the ring and say he's willing to run as a Republican, or at least through the Republican process, to try and challenge Andrew Cuomo. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.